The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome to the Pinpoint Health Show. You want to reach out anytime, do so. 1 855 Dr. Lou, D R L O U. Info at pinpointhealth.ca through email. Lots to cover uh, today. In fact, uh, Dr. Lou, we have, the, uh, we have the Deputy Premier of Ontario coming up and also serves as that. And the Ontario Minister of Health, Christine Elliott, is coming on the show here in just a little bit so that's going to be pretty exciting for a saturday uh what else we got coming up yeah so that's that's the big stuff with the the show today is having the the minister of health christine elliott on um obviously this being a healthcare related show uh we thought it would be a good idea she was actually supposed to be here live and spend a little bit more time with us but due to um some of the things around the coronavirus that have happened um we're going to be doing this over the phone which is one of the topics that we'll actually speak about so we were originally going to speak about a few other items that the um that the government of ontario has been working on around healthcare and healthcare related services um and we we're just we'll make the first part of when she's on about the coronavirus because i think it's important that people are um aware and that they're actually looking at the facts because i think a lot of this is being blown out of proportion um for here here in ontario anyways it might be a bigger concern in mainland china uh but you know in terms of the risk here in ontario i think we need to actually look at the facts and so we'll speak to the minister uh about that another uh big thing that we want to focus on um is mental health and i mean we've this primarily being a pain and injury show um some might think well what is mental health have to do with that but we've gone through this a lot on the show how much your mental health plays into how your body feels and so um, mental health is, is part of pain management and injury management it's not it's not something else it is the same thing they all relate in fact i was just right. uh previously at a meeting with a psychiatrist um who does some work with us and we were talking about this very thing that there that the, the connection between the mind and body is there it's real it exists uh very well known now at once upon a time we thought it was different uh we now know that it's not different and and again it's very simple for people to understand that obviously if you're not in the best place mentally then you know physically you're probably also not going to be feeling the best and and that's a a vicious circle right because it can sort of start anywhere because you might also not physically be feeling well and then that can affect your mental health so i think um that's another big aspect that we wanted to talk about with the minister and the other area that we'll focus on is ontario health teams which is a new initiative um by the government of ontario um to build a more collaborative system to end um uh, hallway healthcare and uh, look at more sustainable and integrative healthcare models, and so that's a new thing that's just been recently uh, been worked on, and I believe 24 uh, centers have already been sort of announced and are being established. So we'll get more on that from the minister, but you know, I think um, with the Pinpoint Health Show and what I do, it's not just about. Um, we've had a lot of questions around the political side of healthcare, right? And this is the reason why we want to have the minister on today and speak to her and find out um, about these three big topics, which I think is uh, is a good thing. We're very happy to have her, um, and, and I'm looking forward to speaking to her. 
She's going to be uh, spending some time with us indeed, uh, so look forward to that and stick around for it. It's coming up here in just a bit. But on your side of things, as we like to mention uh, each week here, uh, Pinpoint Health, you're doing some pretty rapid and uh, ambitious expanding as well, right? Yeah, we're always growing. We're always expanding our services, right? One of the things that ties in with that idea of the Ontario health teams uh, and and building uh, part of those teams is really having um, a lot of different professionals uh, looking after one patient. And I mean, at Pinpoint Health, uh, we, we have that type of model. We believe in a model where multiple practitioners of every different type play a role in the well-being of the patient for pain and injury um, issues. And so, you know, our, our offices have physicians like orthopedic surgeons and physiatrists. There's also paramedical professionals like chiropractors and physiotherapists, some integrative and wellness approaches, things like acupuncture, um, naturopathic medicine. Uh, we're also doing things like, you know, on the on the more traditional Western side, things like the, the cortisone injections when warranted. Uh, we've also started doing PRP injections, uh, yep. which we've spoken about. So again, it's, yes, we're rapidly expanding. We're looking for better services. We're not just expanding in terms of locations, but within each location, our goal is always um, to grow further and find a better and better way um, to do healthcare better, to just give people better healthcare, and and it's really interesting that that um, psychiatrist that I was meeting with, that I was speaking about, we were sort of talking about how quickly um, healthcare knowledge is progressing. Like, there's so many things out there. It's it's there's mm-hmm. tons of things happening, and we were talking about how it's not quickly relayed back into the education system of physicians and other paramedical practitioners because that step takes a long time. Um, And so part of this is that we, myself and my team, we're doing our due diligence to continue our education even after we're done our training, right? Because it doesn't stop. Things are ever evolving and we can't just rely on something that we learned 10 years ago when we were in school or 20 years ago when we were in school. No, we have to be progressive and that's really um, what the best professionals out there do. They make sure that they're they are keeping up to date with the newest things, looking at the evidence-based approach to these things. Um, and evidence-based meaning the best scientific literature, it's clinical application. So what the clinician finds really works well in practice, but also what the patient wants. That's a huge component of evidence-based care. And that's what we're striving for at, uh, at Pinpoint Health. And, and that's part of the reason, again, why uh, we wanted to have the minister on to sort of talk about the, the progressions in healthcare that are constantly happening. Again, just a uh, heads up here in a, a few minutes, we'll get the uh, Deputy Premier of Ontario, Christine Elliott, on with us, also the Ontario Minister of Health, as uh, Dr. Liu has mentioned several times. Looking forward to that. Reaching out is simple as well, one eight five 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 Doctor Liu D-R-L-O-U, info at pinpointhealth.ca. And uh, more recently, you've become a real master of social media. There was wonderful stuff on your Instagram, uh, your Facebook as well, and social media on the whole. So when we're not doing the show here on Saturday, Saturdays, there is much to be learned in the social media space when it comes to Pinpoint Health as well. Yeah, and check out Dr. Lou on social or um, Pinpoint Health for sure. Yeah, good stuff out there. We'll, uh, we'll take a short break, and when we come back, we will get to uh, Christine Elliott, Deputy Premier of Ontario, and the Ontario Minister of Health will join the Pinpoint Health Show. Looking forward to that. Stick around. You want to reach out, as I mentioned, one 855 Dr. Lou D-R-L-O-U, and info at pinpointhealth.ca. Pinpoint Health Show continues. This is Global News Radio. And welcome back to the uh, Pinpoint Health Show. Again, to reach out, info at pinpointhealth.ca or Dr. Lou anytime, one 855 Dr. Lou D-R-L-O-U. 
an exciting show today. Welcome, and if you're sticking around with us for the entire show on this Saturday morning, it is a wise thing to do. So I want to uh, welcome Dr. Liu, uh, a very special guest to the show, Deputy Premier of Ontario and the Ontario Minister of Health, Christine Elliott, has taken some time out of what has been an incredibly busy time, especially now, to join us on the show. Yes, she has, and we want to thank her. Minister, thank you for joining us today. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Great. So I think one of the big things, obviously, the big topic of of the last few weeks has been uh, the novel coronavirus, which first happened in Wuhan, China, uh, was detected in humans in early uh, or sort of, I guess it was December uh, 2019 and in the mid part of the month. Um, And things have sort of escalated from there. And I think Ontarians um, probably are blowing this a little bit out of proportion with where the risk is at right now. Um, can you walk us through some of the things that, that um, the ministry is recommending and sort of I maybe, I guess, put this into perspective for, for the listeners? Sure. Well, let me start by saying that the risk to Ontarians uh, with respect to contracting the novel coronavirus is still very low. And we have learned a lot of things uh, since the SARS issue a number of years ago. We, as whole, a series of um, tests have been put in place, protocols and so on. We now have a public health agency of Ontario. We also have um, a, a, a schedule, a test to detect the virus in people, which we did not have with SARS, so we can identify it quickly. Mm -hmm. And once a person has been identified and been confirmed with the uh, novel coronavirus, we have two situations in Ontario, that that then starts the search for people that they may have been in contact with, trying to locate those people to make sure that they watch their own signs and symptoms. And if they detect that they're becoming ill, to please uh, contact their local public health unit. We have also made sure that all healthcare professionals who are working uh, with people who are uh, suspected of having the novel coronavirus or who have been confirmed with it, that they have proper protective gear to wear. That's what's happened in the situation with these two individuals. So the system is working. Yes. And we uh, we have detected two cases, but we are um, containing those cases and making sure that neither the public nor the health professionals that are treating these patients are under um, uh, under contact with the coronavirus themselves. Right. Yeah. So, and and I think that's that's great. I mean, one of the things that I've uh, been sort of giving reference to people is people are very very scared about this. One of the problems being, I think, that we didn't have uh, during two thousand and three with SARS is social media. Um, that you know, there's a lot of xenophobia and false things being spread about that. But just in terms of putting things in perspective for people, um, you know, the stat is that about 3,500 people a year die from influenza, which is the flu um, in Canada. So that's definitely something to be much more afraid of. Or things like when we consider what's called the R-naught, which you're aware of, but for the listeners, which is the, you know, if you have an R-naught of, say, three, which is what sort of being um, in the research suggested for this virus means every one person might infect three people. When you compare that to something like measles, that range is like 11 to 18, so much, much more um, um, spreadable. And so I think I think people also need to consider the reality of where this sits. What do you think of, of that aspect of it? Well, you're absolutely right. There are other situations where uh, a 
flu um, affects more people and it does um, also cause deaths in Ontario. That's why we're asking people to please go and get the, the flu shot. Right. But, but with respect to the novel coronavirus, it is still a very low risk for people in Ontario. And I think that it's, it's important to keep that in perspective. But what is important to us as, as a government to make sure that people are supplied with the facts Yes. And in a in a timely way. Of course. So we do have a, a website that publishes this information on a daily virus, if I'm sorry, on a daily basis uh, <laughs> that will indicate the number of people that are under investigation to we're determining whether they have the novel coronavirus or not. We still have just the two confirmed cases that has not changed. And we want to let people know um, on a daily basis what the current state of affairs is, because you're right. With social media, there's all kinds of speculation and conjecture going on out there. It's really important to stay with the facts, and we are telling people as we become aware of information. That's great. So the overall risk, the message here being that it's very low, the government is being vigilant, and there are ways to find out the facts, and I think it's important to stick with the facts. Thank you for that information, Absolutely. Minister. I, when we get back from our break, we will go on to speaking about mental health. Lots lots more to go here as we are joined with the Ontario Minister of Health, Christine Elliott. Stick around for it. In the meantime, getting a hold of uh, Dr. Lou, do so anytime on a Saturday or any other day. 1-855-55-DR-LOU, D-R-L-O-U. And online, an email as well, info at pinpointhealth.ca. We'll continue with the Pinpoint Health Show right here on Global News Radio. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome back to the uh, Pinpoint House Show. You want to get a hold of Dr. Lou, you know the number by now. Write it down. Keep it 1-855-55-DR-LOU. Info at pinpointhealth.ca is email address. And there's plenty of good stuff on social media with Pinpoint Health, be it uh, YouTube or Facebook or Instagram. You want to check that out. We'll continue here. And uh, we're lucky uh, here on this Saturday morning to have the Deputy Premier of Ontario and Ontario Health Minister Christine Elliott with us uh, for a few more minutes. Yeah, and so, you know, we just finished speaking about the novel coronavirus and and the facts around that. Uh, Minister, one of the things that I really want to applaud your government with is the what you guys are doing towards mental health. Um, you know, I know that there was recently $174 billion of funding uh, for things like child and youth community health services, uh, consumption treatment service sites, um, housing support for homeless with mental problems and so on. There's a big list there, along with further investments of $3.8 billion over the next 10 years to develop and implement um, a comprehensive and connected mental health and addiction strategy. So I think that's great. Can you tell us a little bit more about what your government um, is doing with mental health? Because I think the things that that are being done are, are incredible. Sure. Well, thank you very much. And, and you're right, our, our government did make a commitment to invest $3.8 billion over the next 10 years in mental health programs and services. It's something that has uh, been of great importance to me for many years, um, having served as a volunteer director on a community mental health um, agency board. So um, it's, it's uh, an issue that affects 
many ministries. It's not just the Ministry of Health. Yeah. We know that we need to invest in, in making more mental health counseling services, for example, available to people. Uh, we still have unacceptably long wait lists, particularly for children to receive mental health services. So we know that we need to invest in, in promoting more services in counseling. But we also know that we housing is an essential point for people who are experiencing a significant mental health or addictions problem, that if you're homeless and you're living in a shelter or you're couch surfing, you can't really get into rehabilitation or treatment without a, without a place to live. It may be small, it may not be fancy, but it needs to be your own place. So we've heard that. Uh, we've heard across the justice sector that we need to have um, our first Responders work with mental health workers to make sure that uh, people um, don't unnecessarily get caught up in our criminal justice system. If they if they do for whatever reason for for uh, or something where they need to be charged, okay. But there's many situations where people, um, both the public and the person themselves, are, are put in harm's way because there is um, a, a lack of understanding how to de-escalate situations. So we know that there's many areas that need assistance. And so uh, we have, through uh, my office, working with um, Associate uh, Minister Tobolo, who's the Associate Minister for Mental Health and Addictions, consulted uh, widely uh, over the last six to nine months with people who both provide services, who provide uh, the system, but also people with lived experience. We've been talking to people who um, who have received services or need to receive services to understand what it is that they want to see in the system that's going to help them right. on their journey to mental wellness. So we are putting together um, a, a strategy that will be comprehensive across many ministries and coordinated so that people, if they're uh, experiencing difficulties, will be able to get the help they need. We need to recognize that mental health is as important as physical health. Yes. And you, you can't be healthy without being mentally healthy as well. Yeah, well, and the primary, this this show um, is primarily about pain and injury problems, but one thing that I consistently talk about is you can't separate the two. You can't separate someone's mental health from their physical health. They're all related. Um, if you don't feel well physically, you won't feel well mentally, and vice versa. Um, so, I, so I applaud you again. One of the other things within um, that uh, funding that I saw was the culturally appropriate mental health care services. Can you just elaborate on that a little? Because I thought that was also um, very interesting, and, 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 and uh, you know, kudos to doing that. I think that that's important. Well, thank you. And and that will include um, two uh, to major groups, but other groups as well. So the um, the uh, we want to make sure that we provide services to, um, uh, first of all, Franco-Ontarians mm-hmm. to make sure that they can receive services in their first language, because particularly when you're receiving mental health counseling, there needs to be clear communication uh, between the provider and the person with the needs. So we need to make sure that we can uh, provide those services um, in French or whatever other language is the person's first language. Great. Uh, We also need to work with with our Indigenous peoples, with uh, First Nations, with Inuit and Métis, to make sure that we work with them and work in accordance with with their practices because we know that they have some very 
good solutions that they've developed consistent with their cultural practices that make sense and we need to uh, work with them and not tell them what needs to happen. We need to listen and we need to work with them and to put forward those mental health and addiction practices that are going to help um, them in their community. That's great. And this is all great stuff. And when we get back from the break, um, we're going to speak about the Ontario health teams as well, which um, encompasses uh, mental health along with other aspects of health. So uh, thank you for everyone. Stick around for the next segment with uh, Minister Elliott. You want to reach out a little further? No problem. one 855 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U. Emails are info at pinpointhealth.ca. Pinpoint Health Show continues. This is Global News Radio. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome back to the Pinpoint Health Show. Uh, to get a hold of Dr. Lou anytime, you can email him, info at pinpointhealth.ca. Phone call is uh, is good as well, one eight five 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 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U. And fortunate enough to have uh, some more time here with the Ontario Minister of Health, Christine Elliott, is back on the show for a few, for a few more minutes anyway, Dr. Lou. Yeah, and so, you know, again, we started with the coronavirus. We moved on to the services being provided uh, by the government for mental health. So the government is listening to the people of Ontario around the things that are needed. And another aspect where that's happening is with the uh, creation of Ontario health teams. And And I believe it was in April 2019, Minister, that the People's Health Care Act was passed, which sort of um, was the led to, to the Ontario health teams. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. That's can, correct. can you take us through what the Ontario health teams are, um, what they're designed for, and, and what it will do for the people of Ontario? Sure. Well, thank you very much. And the um, the local Ontario health teams are meant to provide the care that people need in their particular geographic area. So they will serve upwards of perhaps 300,000 people, sometimes a smaller group than that. But it will be a group of local providers who will come together to um, plan and provide care along with the other health care organizations in their area to provide the care that people need, whether it's in um, Toronto or it may be in Northern Ontario or Eastern Ontario. They are the ones who understand what the needs are in their community, and they can also help fill in some of the gaps for healthcare for people. So, for example, uh, what we've heard a lot from people is that if they are discharged from hospital and need home care, mm-hmm. often they don't receive that home care in we, we a, hear in a that kind a lot. Of manner, yep. and they end up sometimes back in hospital with complications. Right. So it's really important for people to know before they leave the hospital who will be coming to provide the care, when they will be coming, and what care they will be providing. That is a, is a big gap in care services that the providers already know about, but because they've been kept in silos within the Ministry of Health, they haven't been able to communicate with each other and fill in those gaps. With the local Ontario health care teams, they can do that. 
And the providers are very excited about this because it means that it's not going to be centrally controlled by Queen's Park with a one-size-fits-all solution. They can devise the solutions for their own communities and people will be able to have one number to call to know uh, when and how to find services because we do, for some people, have a very complex system to navigate Mm. It shouldn't be that way for people. People need to know that their healthcare system is there for them, regardless of where they are in the system, whether it's in hospital, whether they're waiting for long-term care, whether they need to go home and have home care supports. We want to make sure that people are connected to their system and it's there to serve them, whatever their need may be. Great. And what's the, the timeline? When will these Ontario health teams uh, like, are they already available or not Not yet? They're in the process. From what I understand, I think that they're, they're being established. I think there were 24 um, that were released. Is that right? Yes. We were uh, very encouraged to receive over 150 applications from proposed local health care teams from across the province. We were able to identify uh quite early on, 24 teams that were immediately ready to go, that they already had that level of integration and communication and coverage, I guess, for all of the people in their community um, early on. there are Those 24 have been identified. They're not fully in place operationally yet because we still need to move the home and community care pieces still into them that are still being operated through the through the Lynn organization, which is gradually being wound down. Right. But I can tell you that even though they might not be fully ready to go in an operational sense from the ministry's perspective, they are already doing the work on the ground because they are already providing that level of integrated health care that we want to see for the people of Ontario to That's provide great better coordinated care for them. And it's and it's a, a collaborative model, right, where multiple different types of healthcare professionals are working towards the well-being of the patient. Absolutely, they are. The patient is at the center of all of the work that they are doing. That's the way it should be. Um, I think some people might be surprised to uh, to to feel that the situation would be otherwise than that. Yeah. But we, we have... Um, adopted some practices. Sometimes things just grow up in, in the healthcare space just because they've always been done that way. Yes. Or we make a change without considering what the impact is going to be on other aspects of the healthcare system. So this, with the local Ontario healthcare teams, it's a really good way to look at each part of Ontario geographically to be able to concentrate on the needs of the communities within that area to be able to serve the people and fill in the gaps so that people do receive the comprehensive, connected care that they expect and deserve. That's great. And those are all great things. Uh, Minister, I really want to take the time to thank you for for setting aside this time and what's been uh, for you, I'm sure, a very, very busy week to be here on the Pinpoint Health Show and and for the listeners who are people interested in health, healthcare professionals, that they are given the information that you've provided with them. Thank you very much, Minister. Thank you. It's been a great pleasure to join you today. Thank you.
And we'll uh, we'll keep it going here. We'll take a short break. In the meantime, you want to reach out? We'll discuss a little more and ruminate on what was uh, what was said with the minister in a few minutes here. In the meantime, one eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U, and email just as simple info at pinpointhealth.ca. It's the Pinpoint Health Show right here, Global News Radio. And back with the Pinpoint Health Show here on Global News Radio. Uh, glad to, uh, and happy that you tuned in. If you stuck around for the entire thing, got to thank once again Christine Elliott, who is the uh, Deputy Premier of Ontario, and Ontario. Minister of Health for joining us for the last few minutes talking about a variety of things, healthcare initiatives, and what's really, a, and, and I mean this, a hot topic uh, all over the world, not just in Ontario, that would be the uh, coronavirus. And man, yeah, I mean, you mentioned, you gave some some statistics a few minutes ago, uh, coronavirus versus the common cold, influenza, and measles. I mean, I saw, I saw a... Uh, a uh, news report earlier in the week that uh, a Canadian tire opened up about 10 boxes, big boxes of masks. <laughs> yeah. And there was this mad dash like Best Buy on Boxing Day. And I thought, settle down. Like, yeah. You know, social media, I guess, right? Oh, social media. I mean, there's so many topics around the, the novel coronavirus. Um, number one, like, let's start with the simple fact that, you know, the common cold is a form of a coronavirus. The reason why it's called... So was SARS, wasn't it? It's SARS under, was a yeah. form and so was MERS. Yeah. Um, the reason why they are called coronaviruses is because when you actually look at them microscopically, they look like they have a crown around them. So hence the term coronavirus. Right. Um, so right off the bat, we have coronaviruses, most typically is the common cold, which is a form of a coronavirus, um, which huh. people get all the time. It's just this one. The problem is, is when things originate from from areas that are not used to the human host, and then they can cause more of a problem. And that's what happened um, with SARS, right? SARS was, I think it was related to bats, if I remember correctly, where somehow it jumped from bats into humans. And because it's new to us as humans, it created the problem that it created. Um, so that's one thing. But I think, as you as you heard the minister say, the risk to Ontarians is very low. Uh, I mean, when you look at it in terms of relation, in comparison to the other things that we spoke about, there seem there's a greater risk in those other areas than there right. is with the coronavirus. And you know, one of the other things interesting you brought up the face mask is at, at Canadian Tire. Overall, they offer actually very little protection. What they are actually more beneficial for is in the event that, say, you are sick, like with anything, whether it's the cold or the flu or the coronavirus, if you, the sick person, wears it, it definitely helps to prevent the spread because then as you speak, as you cough, as you do things, it stays contained. But in terms of someone else wearing it as protection, there is not very good research and data to suggest that that actually helps. The bigger things that you can do is hygiene in terms of washing your hands. And right. I know that sound that, that sort of sounds like the, the same thing that we consistently hear. Oh, just wash your hands. But it's cliche because it's that important. We have to wash our, our hands properly. We have to do it. For an, I'm not talking about you turn on the water, quick two seconds, in and out. No. You got to get in there, get the soap on there, make sure that you're thorough, um, 30 seconds, wash it off. The other big thing that people don't realize is minimize touching your face. Um, I don't remember, I, I always, anytime I quote things, I, I want to be able to, re- to remember. I, I know where, where you're going, yeah. But it's, the average person touches their face, I think, 2,000 times it's is the crazy. stat. It's that crazy. is insane. So just imagine if you washed your hands and stopped touching your face, right? Because yep. everybody does it. And and when you say touching your face, I mean eyes, nose, and mouth is the worst, right? Because those are points, contact points into the internal environment of the body. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
if you minimize that at the very least or you stop doing it then you're that's how you decrease your chances of of getting not just the coronavirus but anything Sure. Right, anything. That's why hand sanitizer exists everywhere. So it's really important again to to understand the facts. And I mean, it's crazy. I think we we spoke about with the minister social media. Right, there's been videos and things of people designed to scare everybody and make this bigger than it really is. Again, I think it's very important in 2020 with all the disposal of information that we have through social media that we make sure that we are relying on what the facts are. And and the minister mentioned there that there's a website that you can go to where you can get what the facts are. And, and don't be mistaken, the government is doing what they need to do to try to protect us. I don't think this is something that we just shouldn't think about. But when people are suggesting that they're not going to go out anymore or that they're you know they're canceling airline tickets over this thing already yeah that that's at this point that is not the right response and what and the other thing that people don't think of is what that creates economically when you make those rash decisions in that way um so again i think it's very very important you know here's another thing i i was speaking with a colleague of mine that i thought this was really funny we struggle in, and I'll speak in Ontario in general, but we struggle every year in Ontario to get people to get the flu shot, right? Yep. We are now starting to see um, more and more people not wanting to get vaccinated for, say, things like MMR, which is the measles, mumps, rubella, rubella yeah. right? And when we consider, like I mentioned there, that the r not the the number that uh, how many people would get infected from one individual for, say, yep. something like measles... 11 to 18 people versus what they suspect this coronavirus might be at around three um, compared to influenza, the flu, which kills about 3,500 Canadians every year. Nobody wants to get vaccinated for those things. I can almost guarantee you that if there was a if someone said, hey, there's a vaccine for coronavirus, we'd have lineups and oh, pandemonium like everywhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and it's just because it's the in thing. And so, again, mm. I think it's very important that people stay grounded that they make sure that they are considering the facts around this because when you consider the facts, you make educated decisions and in those educated decisions, we all need to stay calm and handle this the correct way. Uh, And I don't think we should be overreacting. I think uh, the government, you know, the other big advantage that Canada has and Ontario has is SARS taught us a lot. And the, the hospitals and the, the healthcare professionals that worked at that time, they developed a lot of things um, at that time in order to help them for, for something like this so that if something like this happened again they would be better prepared and, and I think we're very very well prepared here in Ontario and in Canada to handle this the risk to Ontarians is low as the minister said and I think let's focus on the facts well I think usually and it, it always goes back to the uh, the very infirm or the very old or very young or the most at risk of guys course. like you and I are not at high risk and you mentioned hand you washing more, you more than me you're older yeah. than me come on <laughs> easy now but I mean something basic like you said like hand washing I mean you just have to sit in a, a restaurant or a public washer just be a fly in the wall for 10 minutes oh, and see how many guys come in there do their business <laughs> and don't wash their hands yeah. it's, it's it's, it's repulsive, yeah. and it's such a basic thing. I don't know why, I don't know what they're thinking, and they wonder why, right? Well, and, and that's another thing that's consistently even forget coronavirus. Let's just talk about influenza. That 
consistently every year we hear the same messages make sure you're washing your hands don't touch your face go get the vaccination and yet people don't listen to these simple things and then when there's a scare like this the other thing is habits are created right if you treat every year like that and you make sure that you wash your hands and you make sure that you don't touch your face you develop a habit once you develop that habit that habit exists whether there's a coronavirus or there's no coronavirus and so then you protect yourself in all instances so i think there are better things that we can all be doing the habit things really, really, uh, really, you know, knocks it home because I know personally for our family, everybody in my family, whether we we come home after a day's work or head into a restaurant, first thing we do is go to the sink and wash your hands. The first thing you do when you come home, you yep. just do it, right? That is what you need to do, and we need to be doing that more often throughout the yep. day in many, many different ways. We'll uh, take a short break. Uh, still a few minutes to go here to reach out one eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U info at pinpointhealth.ca. It's the Pinpoint Health Show. It's right here on Global News Radio. The following is a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of global news radio 640 toronto and welcome back to the pinpoint health show dr lou is here for the remaining uh, few minutes here if you found this one interesting you can uh, catch more on social media instagram and facebook always some cool stuff up there just uh, search pinpoint health or uh, dr lou and you'll you'll get to that one 855 dr lou is the number anytime and info at pinpointhealth.ca yeah, so I mean, great great to have the minister on this show. It was a pleasure. We spoke about a, a lot of things. We just finished speaking again about the coronavirus. But um, I think the two more important things that we spoke about in the grand scheme of things um, were the mental health initiatives and mm-hmm. the Ontario health teams. Um, and I think those are both great initiatives. I mean, again, with Pinpoint Health, Pinpoint Health is an integrative center with multiple different professionals at the community levels. Why? Because that's where it works best. Now, we are not on an Ontario health team. That's not what I'm suggesting. But the model of care is is similar, if not almost the same, in, in the sense that you when you have... A, a bunch of different healthcare professionals dealing with one patient, communicating on the same system, knowing everything that is relevant to that patient, that's how they get the best care. And that's what we're doing at Pinpoint Health. And I think that that, that is very important that the government is looking for ways to implement this on a larger scale for other things. Because at Pinpoint Health, what we deal with is pain and injury, but there's a lot more to, to healthcare. You know, there's cardiovascular disease, there's oncology, there's kidney diseases and other GI problems yeah. where, you know, we, we are one segment of it, but that doesn't mean that that's where it ends. There's a lot of different areas. Um, and I think to have these centralized teams in the community level is an important initiative that provides the people of Ontario um, with the care that they need and that they deserve more than anything. Um, and I think that that's great that those types of things are are being done. Um, and then, I mean, John, you know this on the mental health side. I am a proponent of making sure that your mental... And this is where mental health does tie in with physical health, right? Even though we're dealing with physical health at Pinpoint Health, the mental health of the individual matters very, very much. In fact, we've had, we have a specialized program... Um, where we run people through not a counseling session to begin, but we created a specialized program where there's three sessions of education that's done with a social worker, um, Mm -hmm. not in the form of counseling, but really designed to break down that barrier where people are afraid still. There is still this stigma about speaking to somebody about their issues. And so this educational session is designed to really walk them through on why this is beneficial and sort of create a path for them to feel comfortable to say, yeah, you know what? I'm at the point where I need more specialized 
individualized mental health treatment. I think we all need that. I mean, you've heard me say before the same way that people go get a routine massage or they go get their teeth cleaned. What's wrong with making sure that your mind is, is clean and that it's working in the right way? And we all have different problems. And I think the stigma around mental health has to come down. And it's great to see the government uh, implementing more and more initiatives um, to do that, because as those initiatives grow and as um, it becomes a larger conversation, that's how we remove that stigma. And, and I think that that's great um, in terms of the mental health. And I don't think, as you mentioned, you can't underestimate, you know, mental health might not be the root cause of someone's mental health. It could be years and years, as we've talked about on the show, of being in pain. And, man, that can wear you down oh, physically. Yeah. And then mentally, it could just bombard you with, with all kinds of mental health and issues. And you know the other thing, John? It's the chicken and the egg. Who knows which comes first right, sometimes? Right. That it's so difficult. All we know is that often, most of the time people with chronic pain also have some type of mental health issue that sort of i mean even the research around fibromyalgia that term when it was initially created um in in a research study was looking at three parameters the chronic pain aspect depression and anxiety and poor sleep and those three things i mean is it really that hard to assume let's start the circle anywhere you know if you have poor sleep your body might not feel so well. If your body doesn't feel so well, your mind might not feel so well, yeah. and then you get stuck in that circle. But does it really matter where we start that circle or which way that circle goes? No, it can go any of those ways. It can go across. It can go any way. And so that's why those three parameters are so really very, very important to consider. And because we're dealing with pain and injury at, at Pinpoint Health, these are the aspects that we tailor to as well. We're not just, we don't just have the orthopedic surgeons and the physiatrists and the physiotherapists and the chiropractors dealing with the physical side. There's also the mental health professionals and the social professionals to help you deal with the psychosocial aspect of pain and injury because it's very, very real. The mind-body connection is real. And, you know, it's, it's really something that needs to be applauded that uh, it's being implemented on a larger scale. And it, you know, and we've mentioned as well when it comes to the mental health side of things, unlike a broken bone or a tumor, it doesn't show up on an MRI or an X-ray. You know, and I mean, just look at how many insurance companies cut people off for mental health issues because they can't prove it, but it's there. You yeah. know, it's been documented, but you can't see it on a scan, right? That's there's, why it's so difficult. There's no good objective measures yet. You know, interestingly right. enough, the psychiatrist that I was meeting with. You know, there are things that are being developed that might be able to provide more objective evidence, but it's not that it doesn't exist. We're just not there yet, right? We're not progressed yeah. enough, and, and these things will come, and one day we'll look back and think, wow, I can't believe that. How barbaric it was. You know, it's, I, I think I've told you this before. I remember when I first um, graduated from chiropractic college, I was working with a youth football program, and... Um, at the time, I had suggested that, you know, the, the conversation around concussion had just sort of started. And I right. had suggested to them, you know, we really should be doing baseline testing so we know where these young athletes are so that if something happens, we know what we're working towards. And I remember the president of the league, you know, I, I thought she was going to kill me. You know, she she was like, no, there's no way that we're bringing this up to parents. It's going to scare them. And they are, you wow. know, our numbers are going to drop. And all it became was a bottom line. And I remember I told her, um, I, after that, I stopped working with them because I said to them that their ignorance in that manner was the equivalent of, you know, probably back in the 50s, believing that seatbelts wouldn't save lives in cars. And no so kidding. as we progress, we will always look back at those times and think, wow, I can't believe we ever thought that way. And this is the next phase of it with uh, with mental health. We will one day look back and say, wow, I can't believe there was ever such a stigma around it. It is such an important component of, of a person and how they feel and how they how they 
respond to anything, right? That's why placebo and nocebo are real things because they take into consideration the person's mind and what the mind can create in the body. It's a good way to wrap it up, man. It was a busy show, and thanks once again to the Minister of Health, Christine Elliott, for joining us for uh, for some time there. I'm sure she'll be back to discuss more matters when it comes to what she's doing with her uh, current government. So we thank her for joining us on the show earlier on on this Saturday, and we'll uh, we'll leave it from there. You want to uh, reach out and contact Dr. Lou? It's simple: one eight five 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 five. Dr. Lou is the number. Info at pinpointhealth.ca through email, and as we've mentioned uh, several times, really ramping up on these social media. Some great stuff to be listened to and watched as far as Facebook, etc. Just uh, look for Pinpoint Health on social too. And we'll catch you next time right here on the Pinpoint Health Show on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.